The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Now, I have done this, right? So I know exactly how Alison feels. So when Jonathan used to go to Afrocamp uh, around about this time of the year, he used to send me instead. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not a very good substitute, to be honest. Uh, but I've done it four times. And it is, and it's a, it is an interesting experience. I mean, it's an in, in my case, it was a very interesting experience for the people I went to. <laughs> we'll tell you another time. Uh, I don't want to embarrass Alison, but I do want us to, to give her a welcome here as she comes and speaks to us. Um, Alison Smith, we'd like to come up. Thank you, and thank you for your very kind welcome. And I bring the greetings of, as said, kind of both my churches, of Trinity United Reformed Church here in Bromley and of this free church in Hayes. And I must say that you couldn't be further from my comfort zone. (laughs) So thank you for your welcome and thank you for introducing me to a completely different way of worshipping. So I thought it was, it'd be useful just to tell you a little bit about me before, um, before I start. So it's the first time I've been involved in pulpit exchange. I've been in Bromley since August, and I was ordained as a URC minister at the end of September. So it's all very new. Yeah. And it's been a very steep learning curve. Originally, I come from South Manchester, grown up in the, in the URC there, um, but last five years, spent four years training in Cambridge, and then a year on placement in Peterborough, and then I've moved, moved here. But it's lovely to get to know the churches in this area and the communities here, and obviously the other ministers. So I don't know how much you know about the United Reformed Church, but it seems quite appropriate for the week of prayer for Christian unity. Because the URC is a relatively new denomination. It's only been around since 1972, but it was formed as a joint church with the Congregational Church and the Presbyterian Church. And then there's been other churches have joined, the Churches of Christ joined us, and the Congregational Church of Scotland. So it's a a very varied denomination. No two churches are the same. Some seem very congregational, some seem very Presbyterian, and some seem nothing like either. (laughs) We all have our unique identity. But what is unique is that when the URC was formed, it wasn't expected to stay. It is still here, but it wasn't expected to still be here because they hoped 
that the joining together of these two churches that then led to four or five churches joining would be the catalyst for the joining together of many other churches. And the dream of the, the group that, that worked together was to create one single united church in the UK. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened yet. So we're a relatively small denomination, but part of the wonderful, rich, varied Church of God and Body of Christ, of which we're all part. So I chose a reading for this morning which reflects that unity, which talks of the importance of each part of the body working together for the benefit of all. A reading that reminds us that we're not in competition with each other, but should work together, celebrating our similarities and differences, our shared history, as we worship the God who created us, who loves us, and who we worship in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is what we celebrate in the week of prayer for Christian unity, as we pray that despite our differences, different traditions, different worship styles, different music, we may all be united in our love of God as we walk the way of Jesus Christ together, sharing his love and his message with everyone we meet through word and action. So hands up if you like Lego. Oh, good, lots of you. Perhaps you played with it as a child, or you play with it with your children or grandchildren, or you still enjoy building models in your spare time. Because last year, while I was on placement with a church in Peterborough, I wrote a reflection on today's reading, which I hope might help us to, to think about Paul's words when we turn to 1 Corinthians 12. So could we have our first reading, please? Can you hear me now? Okay, brilliant. This is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 26, the Lego version. For just as a box of Lego has many bricks, and all the bricks are in one box, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, a Lego model does not consist of one brick, but of many. If a six-stud brick were to say, because I am not a one-stud brick, I do not belong to the model, that would not make it any lesser part of the model. And if a Lego person would say, because I am not a brick, I do not belong to the model, that would not make it any lesser part of the model. If the whole model was made of red bricks, where would the blue bricks be? And if the whole model was made of roof bricks, where would the windows be? But as it is, 
God-inspired Lego to create a whole range of different bricks, fixings, animals, and people for us to use in our models. If all were a single type or a single color, where would the creativity be? As it is, there are many bricks, yet one model. The green bricks cannot say to the base plate, I have no need of you, or the Lego people to the yellow bricks, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the bricks that seem less important are indispensable. And those pieces we think less important, like connectors, are given greater importance, whereas the, as the more obvious bricks do not need this. Just like a Lego model, God has arranged our bodies, giving greater honor to the inferior parts, that there may be no dissension within the body, but all parts of the body may have the same care for one another. If one brick too many is added, the whole tower may fall down. If the model builder is praised, all the pieces share the honor. I sometimes think it's good to look at something in a slightly different way and you sometimes get a different insight into a reading. So Lego comes in all shapes, colors, and sizes. You can buy boxes of bricks or kits to make all sorts of wonderful models. And when I visited Legoland with my brownies a couple of years ago, I was struck by just how many different things you could make with a simple brick. Buckingham Palace, the Hogwarts Express, people, animals, and everything in between. And if you watched the Lego Masters competition recently, you would have been amazed as I was by the creativity, the complexity, and the beauty of the models that each team was able to create. All had access to the same bricks, yet they used them in unique and different ways. So I've just got a few reflections. There's strength in numbers. Lego bricks are useless on their own, but put together can create amazing things. Disaster strikes, models fall down, but can be rebuilt, often into something even better. All bricks are important and have a role to play, they all fit somewhere, and many can be used almost anywhere. It's important to play. It doesn't matter what you build, as long as you're enjoying yourself. Color doesn't matter. A red brick and a blue brick will fit in exactly the same place. Size doesn't matter. A two-by-two two brick is just as painful as a two-by-eight brick if you step on it in the dark. It's important to be flexible. If one brick is missing, another one can be used instead. All Lego people are created equal. They are all four centimeters tall. Their role is not determined by what they're wearing. And with a little imagination, you can turn Harry Potter into Darth Vader. <laughs> Models don't always turn out as planned. Sometimes they are better, other times they're not as good. 
but you can always break them up and start again. And some models come with a book of instructions, but they can still be used to create something unique. So perhaps some, if not all, of these statements, just as they apply to pieces in a box of Lego, can apply to us as members of the kingdom of God, both in the way we live our own lives and in the way that we relate to those around us. And so, as we turn to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 12, we come to God in prayer. Loving God, we thank you for creating us as individuals, each with our own own role to play in society and in your church. We thank you for our similarities and our differences, the times when it's better to work together and the times when we work more effectively on our own. Thank you that we have occasions like this, when we can celebrate our unity, remembering that although we worship separately, in different buildings and in different ways, we all worship the same God and all try to live our lives in the way that you would want us to live, to the glory of your name. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So please, can we have our second reading? to ignore it. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 12 verses 12 to 26. The body is a unit though it is made up of many parts and though all its parts are many they form one body. So it is with Christ for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part but of many. If the foot should say, I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that, for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, and I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honourable we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given great honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. 
If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Thank you. The human body is an amazing creation. Each part working together in unity so that we can live, breathe, walk, talk, sing, and dance together. So I thought we'd just reflect for a moment on this. Each of us has 206 bones, 639 muscles, and 900 ligaments. If our veins, arteries, and capillaries were laid end to end, they would stretch, as so I found on the internet, for over 60,000 miles, nearly two and a half times around the Earth. <coughs> the human heart beats around 35 million times in a year, meaning that over an average lifetime, it will beat more than 2.5 billion times, pumping around five liters of blood around our bodies every time. Each of us has around seven meters of intestine to allow us to absorb water and nutrients from the food we eat. Each of us is unique, even identical twins who we may struggle to tell apart will have different fingerprints. Even a simple thing like smiling, standing up, shaking someone's hand or saying hello involves a complex system of nerve impulses, muscles, bones, and organs all working together in unison. It's something that we don't really notice. We don't really think about until something goes wrong and we find that we can no longer do some of the things that we once took for granted. And yet, still more amazingly, the human body is able, in many cases, to repair itself. Broken bones will knit together. Stroke victims can regain abilities as a brain repairs itself. Our immune systems target and kill viruses and infections, though sometimes with a little help from doctors. So the human body is one of the most complex systems in existence. Scientists and engineers have tried to replicate it and do a good job with prosthetics and robotics, but none have been able to fully match the intricacies of the human body. And so this is the metaphor that Paul uses to teach us about the church. It's a strange passage and one that's full of humor. You can't help but smile at the image of the whole body as a foot, an ear, or an eye. And yet, I think what he's trying to remind us is that each of us is unique. Each of us has a special role to play. But just like the parts of the body, each of us, when we carry out our role well, allows the body of Christ, the church, to function well and to show the love of God to the world. This is a metaphor that can apply to an individual church, encouraging the members to work together 
to share the jobs between them. In the URC, we often speak about the priesthood of all believers. Perhaps you do too. This idea which came out of the Reformation and the teaching of Martin Luther reminds us that God is accessible to all believers and that every Christian has the potential to minister to God. And I think that might be what Paul is trying to say in this passage, particularly when he reminds his readers that the parts of the body which we think are weaker, less honourable or less respectable actually need to be given greater honour, greater respect, while the more obvious, more respectable members do not need this extra support or encouragement. And in the URC, this is played out in the way that we make decisions in church meeting, where every member, including the minister, has one vote, with everyone having a chance to speak in order that we can, together, discern the will of God. But it's also a metaphor for the whole people of God. Paul was writing to a congregation that was fractured and divided, with some claiming to be followers of Paul, some Apollos, or some Cephas. So Paul wanted to draw the community together as one. Are we any different from that? Here in Bromley, we have a number of different churches, different denominations, different traditions. Churches together in central Bromley has 18 members, and there may be other Christian communities who are not part of this group. And yet, despite our separate worshipping lives, we can and do work together on specific projects in our support of the food bank, the town centre chaplaincy, the winter night shelter, and you talked this morning about another project that several churches are working together on. And I think that shows our unity and that each of us has a role to play in the kingdom of God. Perhaps there's a tendency to think that our church is better than others that there's a hierarchy depending on whether we have a large or small congregation, whether we have children and families in church or not, whether we have traditional organ music or a worship band, whether we've been here for a long time or, a or whether we're a relatively new worshiping community. Yet that is one of the things as well that Paul is talking about. Just as no part of the body is more important than any other, we should avoid spiritual snobbery, as each church has an important role to play in building up the people of God. Just as each part of the body behaves in a different way and has different needs, each of us will choose somewhere to worship that allows us to meet with God, to worship God, and to feel safe and comfortable. And this may be different for different people as I've discovered this morning. <laughs> so what can we learn from Paul? I couldn't quite find 10 reflections, as we had with our Lego reading. So you'll have to make do with eight. 
Through the Holy Spirit, we're all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, Catholic, Anglican, Baptist, URC, Salvation Army, Quaker, Evangelical, and probably many, many others. We may worship differently and come from different backgrounds and traditions, but we are all united by the love of God through baptism. Just as the body is made up of many different parts, all different, all unique, all important in keeping us alive and well, so God has given each of us unique gifts and talents which we can use to further God's church and God's kingdom. Recognizing that the body is made up of many different and unique parts reminds us that we are all different, all unique, and that we should celebrate that uniqueness. In the kingdom of God, no one should be discouraged or discriminated against because of gender, ethnicity, skin color, disability, or sexuality. Each cell, each organ, each part of the body is vital for the well-being of the whole. In the same way, each of us is important to God, and each of us needs to work together to share our gifts and talents so that the church can function well and share God's love with the world. Each cell, each organ, each part of the body is vital for the well-being of the body as a whole. Everyone is important to God. No one should be rejected. So we therefore need to support those who need our help, the homeless, the sick, the poor, and those disadvantaged in any way. No part of the body can claim that it is better or more important than any other. As Paul says, those parts of the body which seem less important, less honorable, are given greater honor. In the same way, all who belong to the church, to the kingdom of God, and those outside should be treated equally with love and care. Good pastoral care is important in the kingdom of God, in the church. As Paul reminds us, where one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers with it. In the same way, all members of the body of Christ should support and care for one another, as where one person is in pain, in need, or feeling down, we all share the effects. Each of us is called to care for one another, whether this is a special gift or calling from God or not. But in the same way, Paul reminds us that we should also rejoice with those who are honored, should not feel jealous or resentful because one member of the church or of our family is praised or is recognized as having achieved something. We should all rejoice with them and celebrate that achievement. And it was nice to see that that is one of the things you do here 
in worship. This passage that we looked at this morning is preceded and followed by passages that speak of spiritual gifts and callings. In the earlier part of chapter 12, Paul reminds us that the gifts are varied. Some receive wisdom, others knowledge, others healing, miracles, or prophecy. Some can speak in tongues, while others are interpreters. The end of the chapter then speaks of specific roles in the church that come out of these gifts. In doing this, Paul is reminding us that we are all important, that none of these gifts takes precedence over any other, but that we are each called to use whatever gifts God has given us for the unity of the church and the development of God's kingdom here on the earth. <coughs> Paul's vision of the church is not about a building. It's not even a vision of a united church where everyone worships in the same way, in the same building, singing the same songs and saying the same prayers. It's a vision of a body of people who care for one another and share the work of God in the world. This should not be a burden, as God, through the Holy Spirit, has given each of us the unique set of gifts and talents that we need to do what God has called us to do. All of us who are part of the body belong to Christ and depend on the Spirit who gives us life. So perhaps the message of the week of prayer for Christian unity, the reason why we swap pulpits for one Sunday each year, and I'm sorry that I couldn't bring the pulpit from Trinity. It's kind of fixed and rather large. But the reason why we swap pulpits when we share worship with friends from other churches is that we are united across our church boundaries, united through the love of God and by the fellowship of the Holy Spirit as we walk the way of Jesus Christ together. Amen. Thank you, Alison. Thank you very much indeed. And I think it's to say welcome to Bromley as well, really. Still very fresh finding your way around. Praise God that it's still bringing people into the ministry. Amen. No matter what denomination that God is bringing those that uh, can lead us and take us forward to the next generation. It's good. And it's always key to hear a message of unity. Amen. I, it's, it goes without saying, in a church, a unified church is a church that God would use. And that unification isn't just within these four walls. As Alison was saying, it's the church in Bromley, but it's the church in this nation. It's the church in the world. And that we each take a part in that. I also thank her that she used the analogy of Lego and not Meccano. <laughs> if it be Meccano, it'd only be Clive, me, Mark, and a couple of others who would know what he's talking about. But Lego works, and it fits very well indeed. And uh, we thank you for that. God is so good. How he uses you and me as part of this unity of his church at this time, I don't know. Why he would want to use us, I don't know. But the good thing is, 
He does. He is more than able to accomplish all that he wants to accomplish himself. But he uses us, little old us, in all our weaknesses, the ears and the feet and the, and the, and the tongues and the heads, as it were. And it's just amazing. And when unity works, it's so fantastic to see. Whether it's a football team, whether it's your work colleagues, whether it's a family, it matters not. Where there is unification, there is purpose and there are results. And where do we want to see that in the most? The message of Jesus Christ. And I love the fact that she touched upon that it's not just words. We're, you know, some of us are good with words. Others are not so good. We're all good with actions. We can all love. We can all show. We can all reach out. And uh, I think action is so key as well. It's displaying this love to those who are so far and who are so, at the moment, removed from knowing the love of Jesus. So we thank you. The prayer is for unity. The hope is for unity. And, uh, yeah, with, with God's grace, unity will grow in Bromley. And so that's great. We're going to have one more worship song uh, before we close. And uh, so can I ask you to, to stand and we'll praise God together in that. Thank you.